The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April Ford. Welcome to You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm April J. Ford. Our episode today is Can Women Be, Do, and Have It All? Many women suffer from the alpha mom syndrome. And before I bring on my guest, Beth, with me today, I wanted to say hello and a warm welcome of gratitude to all of our listeners out there globally. I'll just mention a few countries, cities, and states here. I still think China is in the lead, so hello to China. Here in the U.S., we've got Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, North Carolina, Chicago, San Antonio, Phoenix, and again, globally, Australia, Israel, Canada, Philippines, Mexico, Egypt, Malaysia. Again, just to mention a few, thank you out there. So I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during adversity, that they are not alone, and that there is hope. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. And I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball and you can still experience joy. I created a formula in four steps on how to have a roadmap to rise above life challenges. And these are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. Now this roadmap guide you on finding who you are and how to handle challenges. And this is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. And to find out more about this, you can go to the website feeljoyagain.com. I believe I'm taking a holistic approach on implementing the four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. So on with today's show, can women be, do, and have it all? Many women suffer from the alpha mom syndrome, constantly giving of themselves, which is good until it gets competitive and being the perfect mom, the corporate ladder climber, the business builder, the soccer mom, the PTA volunteer, the wife, and dealing with the pressures from society of being a woman that's fit, feminine, and beautiful, all at the cost of being stressed, overwhelmed, and even burnt out. So with the roles and responsibilities of women, you know, often comes the risk of in ignoring or diluting our own health, our spirituality, parenting, love and relationships, happiness and success, until these elements are disrupted or eventually destroyed. And my guests and I will discuss today on finding better ways of being, doing, and having it all. 
Beth Rosen from Goodness Gracious Living and writer for the Huffington Post is also a registered dietitian with a private practice and a consulting business in Connecticut and also the big title of mom. And yes, that's the capital M because we all know the roles and responsibilities of that job. She's also a wife and an activist in her community working to reform the local school lunch program and creating a cultural diversity council in her high school. Beth is also the co-chairperson of the PTO Advisory Council, the collaborative community within the regional school district that links the local PTO presidents with the district administrators. Beth, welcome to You Are Not Alone today. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me today, April. So, Beth, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, who Beth is, the blogger behind the article that we're going to be diving into today. So, as you um, so kindly put in my introduction, um, I'm a mom, um, and that's a big part of who I am. I um, have been a stay-at-home mom since my kids were born, um, but in that time, um, when I put my career aside, which was being a dietitian, um, I still had the passion to help people to want to do things with my life other than just sitting and playing. Well, in my case, it was hockey. <laughs> my uh, <laughs> my oldest, uh, he still plays hockey, but from the time he could walk, it was mom sit and goal, mom pass me the mm-hmm. puck. <laughs> so between doing that and having the quintessential princess daughter who would run around the house dropping a shoe and we'd have to go get it and put it on like Cinderella, um, I was busy <laughs> with the kids. But it, as much as I loved being with them, it didn't it didn't fulfill my passion of who I am as a person besides the mom. So um, I became more active in my community, and at that time it was the preschool. And since then, I've built upon that, and now now I have one in high school and one in middle school, and I've become very busy doing a little bit of everything everywhere. So doing fundraisers for the schools, getting involved in the school lunch program, obviously because I am a registered dietitian. Nutrition Mm -hmm. is a passion of mine, a big passion of mine. Um, Also getting involved in the community. We've had some... um, um, issues with um, bias and a lack of diversity where I live. It's um, very homogeneous, unfortunately. Um, so teaching the kids to accept others if they're different than them. Uh, and that's, that's something okay. new that I'm working on. Um, and really having a hand in a lot of things, sometimes to a detriment, but that's, that's where I am right now <laughs> with, okay. with um, okay. all, of, all of my things in the air. Yeah. So, you know, with the article that you wrote on the Huffington Post, for those that haven't read it or don't even know what we're speaking about today, what, you know, how can you best describe the word or the phrase or the title alpha mom? How would you describe it to somebody who doesn't know what that means? So alpha mom is that woman in your community who looks like she has it all together and can do everything. She says yes to any opportunity that's given to her, whether it be chairing a committee or baking for a fair or raising money for the local soccer club. Um, She's the one who has, as I wrote in the article, a backpack on one shoulder, (laughs) a pocketbook on the other shoulder, with the phone in the hand texting to get help for the next thing. 
and and with children in tow, like ducklings. Right. Uh, right. So that uh, that's how I see her. Um, on the outside, she can do anything. She's a doer. She's not just a cog in the wheel. She is the wheelhouse. Um, from the inside, it may not be that way, but that's that's what the alpha mom looks like. And I'm sure if you are in a community where where you have school children, you've seen these women. They run the PTO. Um, they they set up the road races to raise money for the family that lost their house in a fire. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's now, the alpha mom. Yeah. So now we have a good you know pictorial description of what the alpha mom looks like on the outside. I'd like to get into a little bit later in our segment on what does it really look like and feel like on the inside. But what motivated you to write this article? Well, my children um, did spend, now that now one doesn't, but at the time my children spent time at a, at a sleepaway overnight camp. It's something that I know you have a lot of people from outside of the country, but in the northeast um, where I am from, um, I grew up going to sleepaway camps or overnight camps in the summer, and my kids were doing the same at the time. And at that time, when my kids were out of the house and it was just me and the dog, <laughs> and my husband was working and I was a stay-at-home mom, so I was on vacation. My my job was sort of on pause while my kids were away. So I had this space in which to take your first R to recognize where mm-hmm. I, where I was in my life to really be mindful and sort of see what was coming next. I had the summer of me really where I was doing writing and I was exploring gardening and um, get doing more with my crafting and um, getting more um, involved in the things that fueled my passion and weren't things that I had to do. There were things I wanted to do or not doing anything at all. You know, being able to sit down on the sofa and binge watch television, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that, that was foreign mm-hmm. to me. Um, so when I had that space of not having the job of Alpha Mom, I was able to recognize that, well, it's August, they're coming home soon, and school starts in September, and I'm going to be revving up again to do it again. And that the summer just wasn't enough time to sort of refuel me for the next alpha mom school year and Mm -hmm. i think that's what what sort of got me to to write it was to put it out there that it existed and then how was i going to deal with it right now did you hear from other parents you know if you're involved with your kids schools and a pta meetings or fundraisers were they also expressing the the same um you know, hey, how do we do this, or how are you managing to do all, all of the to-dos on our on our checklist? Or was it just a moment of self-reflection that you were having a conversation by yourself? I think it was really a moment of self-reflection, but while I was reflecting, I could see those other alpha moms in my life. And mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. enough, uh, if you do go to the blog post, because it did originate on my blog before it was published on Huffington Post, the people that responded are the other alpha moms in my life. Yeah. So the one I mentioned about having to, I mentioned in that, this that uh, when she stepped down from being the president of her PTA association, her children made her swear literally hand on the Bible as if she was in the U.S. courthouse oh, that she would wow. not. She would not go forth and become president at the next school. And um, she responded. 
And then mm-hmm. the one who originally came to me when I moved to town and said, you'd be great on the PTO, <laughs> the one with the <laughs> four children and the president of two <laughs> schools and that kind of thing, um, she also responded. So it was interesting to see that the women who were other alpha moms recognized themselves in the article. Mm-hmm. And what were some of their responses? What were they mostly asking or concerned that they were also expressing? So I don't know that they were concerned more. It was a, it was an agreement. I had one, one mom who was writing amen to this and amen to that, um, with, with, um, regard to, uh, the different things I had mentioned in there, whether it be, um, picking up the pieces that somebody else didn't do. And if there were more helpers out there, it wouldn't be so difficult for the alpha mom to do her job. So for a lot of people who, um, want to get involved in, in a school PTA, um, they might say, oh, yes, I can bake this day and think that that's all they have to do the whole year. And that would be great if everybody said, I can do one thing. But what tends right. to happen in school is that like 7% of people say, I can do the one thing. And and then the bulk of the work is left to on one the, person. Executive, right, yeah. the executive board, like seven women maybe for a whole school of 400-something children. Um, so those moms that had responded, um, especially the one who was saying all the amen to this and that, was mostly to if more people put a hand in and even did a little, a little is enough because it helps the women who do everything else. Right. Right. Now, last question before we go on break. Now, do you, you know, from your personal experience, you know, Beth, of all of your roles and responsibilities, do you think we as women, do you think we can be, do, and have it all? Uh, I think it comes sometimes with um, an asterisk next to it. I think we can and be and do it all if we so choose to do that. But I think you spread yourself a little thin in some places if you really do it all. So I think there needs to be um, a moment of stepping back and deciding which of these things are the most important to me and do mm-hmm. those things to the 100th percentile of doing it all and maybe leave those little things behind. And I can elaborate on how I did that after the break. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I totally agree. I believe that we can, you know, be doing have it all, just not all at once. And then we do have to recognize and um, prioritize. So when we come back from break, more from Beth on maybe some of the side effects of what it is to be an alpha mom. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse, 
Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April Ford, and our guest today is Beth Rosen from Goodness Gracious Living and writer for the Huffington Post. And we are having a discussion today on finding better ways as women of being, doing, and having it all and talking about the alpha mom syndrome before we took our commercial break. Beth, can you expand a little bit more on, you know, when you said women can be, do, and have it all if we choose to, but it's really recognizing and prioritizing what's really important. And how did you do that? How did you prioritize? Well, I made a decision after I wrote that article. I had made a decision because at that moment I feel like I recognized my issues and there were things I really liked about being an alpha mom and things I really didn't like about being an alpha mom. And I had um, the luck, I guess, of it being, when I wrote that, I was going into my last year of being the president at my school before my daughter was moving on to the next school. So I was leaving that building and I had the opportunity after that year to decide, well, am I going to rejoin up at the next school or am I going to do something else and do something different? So I actually had had a a clean getaway, if you will, from Mm. the role I had there, which made it very easy for me to say, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Don't ask me to do anything because I'm going to tell you no. And since then, I have said no. And I think that's very difficult for a lot of women to do and to accept that it's okay for us to say no. Um, And the reason why I say no and I tell people why I say no is because, and I've heard this term from someone else, so I didn't coin this, but um, I save my best yes. So if I say yes I like to that. you, yeah. right. So if I say yes to you, that means I'm going to give you 100% of my time and attention and effort to whatever you've asked me to do. But if you ask me to do something I'm not really interested in, I may not put that top on the list. That might fall down, or I might not get it done. And I never want to be perceived as someone who doesn't get stuff done because I get stuff done. If you know what I mean, um, right. so. Or just so, do it halfway, like yeah, right, I sort of right. did it and it's just done. <laughs> right. The, Right, and and you, when you're somebody who takes responsibility and takes on a lot of things, you never want to be perceived as flaky and not getting things accomplished. So I also don't want to burn myself out by putting so many things on my plate. And on top of that, I don't want to take away from why I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, and that is to be with my children. So my best yes 
was related to, will this take time away from my kids? Is this something I can do while they're in school? Um, is this something that will make their community, their life better? And those are sort of the parameters I set for myself when I said, yes, I will do something, or no, I won't. And that's yeah, that's and I think I, that's, yeah. yeah, I like what you said when you said setting parameters, because that's also another thing when women don't know how to say no to things, that it comes down to not having any boundaries to say yes to this and no to that or of, of knowing what your values are. Right. And I think we, we, as women, we worry what people think of us a little bit too much. And sometimes when you do that, it's, it's a detriment to yourself. So if you are worried that people will think less of you because you're not doing as much as the next person and you take on so much and you stretch yourself thin, you may not be taking care of your health. You may not be taking care of your children or your family there may be things that slip through because you take on too much to to prove to others that either you can or because you don't want to be perceived as not doing enough. Right. And let's look um, what into one of your points earlier when you said that you were describing as the alpha mom who's, you know, kind of like that picture that we all see online. She's holding a cell phone. She's got a pot in one hand that's cooking behind you know, the stove, she's got a baby, and she's got 10 million hands, you know, doing multiple things, multitasking. On the outside, it looks like she has everything together, but on the inside, that may not be the same um, depiction. And some of the things, you know, the side effects, um, what I have seen, and you can add to this, is is causing an alarming effect, like you said, our health, you know, dependencies on on medication, um, stress and anxiety. There could be... Um, some disruption in relationships in the home, the harmony of the home with their spouse, their kids, and the list goes um, on and on. What have you seen as as far as, you know, what really goes on on the inside um, with alpha moms? Well, I agree with that whole list there. I think one thing you touched on was dependency. Um, For some people, it's dependency on drugs, and for some things, it's dependency on Maybe other people, you become codependent with somebody, um, to, you know, that's not a good relationship because that person you want to please all the time kind of thing. But I've seen dependency on food. As a dietitian, uh, one mm, of the things I right. tend to see is people stress eat. Um, and they do that as as a coping skill for stress management. And it puts you on a vicious cycle if you stress eat and then you gain weight, then you're stressed that you've gained weight, then you stress eat because you're stressed. And it yeah, it's like a cycle. Goes, right, mm-hmm. it goes around and around. Um, and so I've seen that. Um, there's actually a book um, by somebody who, I do a lot of work in mindful eating, and there's a book, and I can't recall the name of the author right now, but she wrote a book called um, Nice Girls Finish Fat. And I thought that was a great title for a book because if you wow. think about it, the people who always say, oh, yes, I'll do it. Yes, sure, I'll help you. Sure, I'll do this for you. Sure, I'll do that for you. How is that person coping with all the stress on the other side that you don't see? Mm-hmm. Are they eating? Are they, you know, are they not going to the doctor when they feel a pain because they just don't make that time for themselves? Um, there was a study done. I don't, again, I, I'm sorry, I don't have sources for you, but um, where, um there were based on your profession who tended to um, to let health go by the wayside and have more issues health related because they didn't see a, a physician in enough time and the number one the number the two top ones were nurses and teachers so our caregivers wow. 
like a mom, our caregivers are the ones that tend to not detect something like breast cancer because they're not going to the doctor often enough. And again, that's not from me, but it was something I had read. Um, yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense as women, we're always the one to nurture and nourish other people. What what I teach, you know, people when I coach and mentor people, the reality is that you can't give from an empty well, so you have to give yourself permission to, you know, put yourself back on your own to-do list and make sure you take care of you before you go out and serve um, others in helping them. Right. And that's why at the end of that school year, when I was able to walk away from that PTO position and say, and here we call it PTO, Parent Teacher Organization instead of Parent Teacher Association. Um, okay. When I was able to walk away from that, that's when I had the epiphany that, oh, wait, I don't need to reload my plate right away. And I also don't need to reload it with stuff that's been dumped in my plate. Almost like when I went off to college and no longer did I have to eat the meals my mother served me. I can choose what I ate because nobody was there. And at that point I said, well, guess what? I don't like beef and I'm not eating that anymore. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, so now I stepped away from my, you know, my mother's table again, leaving this elementary school and moving on and saying, you know what, now I'm going to take care of me a little bit and decide what I want to do. And not to say that I'm still not an alpha mom in my own right, I am, but a lot of what's on my plate is there because I want it there rather than because I didn't know how to say no. Right, right. And that's not the point of our show today. You know, we want to make sure that women, as also men, they're receiving the message that, yes, we believe it's important to be responsible to fulfill all of our roles, you know, whether you're a mom, your wife, your career person or a volunteer. But the point is, you know, set your boundaries, know your limitations, you know, when it's not okay when you're overcompensating, such as your health, you, you know, don't know how to say no to things and you're compromising some of your own values or as Beth mentioned earlier, her parameters um, and not knowing how to ask for help. So that's not what we're really saying. Also, the whole competition thing of, you know, you're only doing it because you're, you fear what others, you know, look upon you if you say no to things. So it's not what we're um, saying um, in this segment. So let's go ahead and take our next break. And Beth, I'd like to, when we come back from our break, some of your opinion on, um, you know, what can women do to help manage, you know, all of our roles and responsibility. So when we come back, more with Beth. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, 
peace and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. We are speaking with Beth on the topic of the alpha mom syndrome, you know, finding out ways, how do we, you know, find a better way of being, doing, and having it all. You guys might have seen her famous Huffington Post um, article out there. So, Beth, let's give our listeners um, some tips and tools on what can they do now that we've given them the picture of what an alpha mom is. How do they recognize when they do have you know, too much on their plate, you know, what are some things that they can do to, miti- to mitigate some of the, the stress and overwhelm? Uh, well, to, to, I think to mitigate the stress and the overwhelm is trying to carve out some time for yourself each day, even if it's a half hour, and do something you like to do or do nothing at all. Um, so in that time, you could take a walk, you could watch a television show you've been dying to watch, you can pet your dog. I know that when I, I don't know if you heard her barking in the background, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when I'm with my dog, I, it just lightens my stress load because she's just such a lovely creature. Um, uh, I, I've also recently picked up meditation. Um, I will just sit and set a timer for 10 minutes. I don't do much of it and try to clear my mind as best I can and try any time my thoughts drag me away, I just try to come back to the present and just giving myself that space to uh, refuel and reload and clear my mind a little bit really helps. Um, so, so I do that. Uh, I also think that um, women can come up with a passion maybe that they haven't tried since they were in school, whether it's painting or um, skipping rope or using hula hoop, anything that used to make uh-huh. you smile and uh-huh. giggle and that kind of thing when you were when you were a girl, try it again. Maybe you still like it and you just didn't get to do it anymore because you had to grow up. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. You know, find strategies that work for you um, to make you feel happy and that happiness will will recharge you. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree, and I think um, you brought up a good point when you said, you know, find your passion. I think one of the side effects, we talked in the previous segment, the side effects of, you know, doing all this and being all these roles and responsibilities, we tend to lose some of our own self-identity. Um, I've, I've spoken to a lot of women who are, you know, later in their 40s, their kids are grown, and oftentimes they're feeling like, oh, my gosh, where did time go? Um, I spent all my years pouring into them to making sure that they have, you know, a sound future, which is all good. Remember, we're here to talk about roles and responsibilities. But she just left, felt, she she was basically unfulfilled. Like, okay, what do I do with my life now? I don't even know what I like to do or how to spend my time because I spent the majority of the years raising them as a full-time mother. I even put my own career on hold or I didn't finish school or I didn't pursue 
um, that career that I originally um, wanted. Have you heard that as well as far as, you know, self-identity or losing your identity? I would probably say that I'm an, a prime example of that. So when my son was born, I stopped working. Um, I was a registered dietitian for a number of years in a, in a big company, and I just let it go. And then when he was probably around, well, he was around two and a half and his sister was born, and probably about a few years after that, I said, well, why am I still keeping up my my registration, which was expensive, and it took a lot of time to do continuing education um, if I'm not doing it. So I let it lapse. And once you let once mm. you let that lapse as a registered dietitian, you're no longer one. Um, I, I still had my undergraduate degree and master's degree in nutrition, but I no longer was seen by the academy, you know, the, the science body that said you have done right. what you need to do in order to help people in this field. So I let it go, and I didn't regret it at first, and um, and I became a mom and a mommy and, you know, and PTO president and anything else that had to do with um, my kids' lives, you know, being the soccer mom, driving to dance, running the carpools all day. Yeah. And, and then at one point I just said, well, what's, it, what's in this for me? You know, I'm sort of that rock that's standing still so they can grow but once they go, what do I do with my rock? <laughs> you know, right, it's not moving right. anymore. So um, a few years ago, I decided I was going to go get my registration back, and that took studying again and relearning a lot of the science. Oh, my gosh. Nutrition yeah. is, uh, you know, it's, it's an evolving science. It changes all the time. And so I had to go back and learn a lot of stuff that I had forgotten um, and retake a test, that, you know, a four-hour exam. Uh, and I did it. And so now I can say I'm a registered dietitian and a mom, you know, and I was using my knowledge. I started to use my knowledge again by going to the school district, the one I had lived in previously and the one I live in now, um, to help uh, reform the school lunch program to bring in more from scratch cooking and healthier choices for the kids because if I was going to send my children to those buildings, I wanted them, Mm -hmm. if they were going to buy lunch, to have nutritious meals that I was serving at home. I worked very hard to get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables. Um, And so I did a lot of volunteering, and I stayed within the field in that capacity, but I wasn't really um, the registered dietitian that I was before I had kids. So when I had gotten back and took the test, um, and I passed it, so I became a registered dietitian again, I said, okay, that's great, I have this, and I started seeing people... Um, out of my house, in a local coffee shop, from time to time, um, and still volunteering with the schools. And then I realized, okay, well, now my kids are getting a little older. It's okay if I'm not in the house when the bus Mm -hmm. comes. Mm -hmm. I can come back a half hour later and do something. And so that's when I started to ask the school district to pay me for my job because I was doing a lot of work for them. And they said yes. And so here I was, a registered dietitian again. Now I have a consulting business. I work for the school district. Great. And then recently, a medical practice called me and said, we need a registered dietitian in-house. Do you want to start a practice here? Well, yes, because here I am able to do these things while I still have my kids in school. While my kids are in school, I can work with Mm -hmm. clients and still have time to come home and take them to soccer and hockey and dance and still have time to cook dinner at night, still have time to play with my dog and try that hula hoop if I want to. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's what I created for myself. 
right. from that. Right. And I, yeah, and I just wanted to add to that important point for our listeners out there. You know, with Beth, you know, she made a conscious decision to empower herself in, you know, retaking her certification as a registered dietitian. But if you kind of compare her life path with mine, you know, at the age of 32, I unexpectedly became a widow and having to be a single parent at the time, my kids were only four and five years old. And luckily, you know, obviously I was a mom and, and a wife, but luckily I was still, you know, in the marketplace with a career on my own and I didn't have to depend on somebody else's income to provide, you know, since my husband had passed. But had that been the case, I, I think I would have been in a mad scramble to you know, go back to school, uh, of getting some sort of certification or job training or skills training to get out there and be competitive in the um, job market, you know, the marketplace. But um, it's just a point that I want to drive home with some of our listeners that it, it doesn't mean that just because you're a mom, that's all you have to do and you have to put all of your your own personal passions or dreams and goals totally on the back burner until they grow up like that lady I was referring to you know, she's in her 40s, mid-40s now. She she doesn't know. It's like she can't even figure out what she wants to do with her time. But when life throws you a curveball or a boulder of adversity, you may not have the luxury of, of time of trying to figure out, okay, what what is it that I like to do or how am I going to provide for my family? So I just wanted to kind of show a little bit of a contrast with my story, Beth, um, with yours, like you said, you you made a conscious decision of re uh, getting your certification as a dietitian because you said, oh well, I don't want to wait until you know my kids are all grown up. What can I still do now? Right, and that can be a scary thought for some people. That what would happen if uh, you know mm-hmm. I'm a stay at home mom and I don't have a job? What would happen if? my husband wasn't here to provide for me or something devastated our family. And that's not to say you need to have a job. You can be a 100% stay-at-home mom, but it does it does speak to knowing what your passion is so that if you needed to go make some money, um, you might know already what you'd like to do, and you can work on those skills while volunteering while your kids are in school. So, for right. instance, like mm-hmm. I said, I was interested in nutrition. I was no longer a registered dietitian. I let it lapse, but I was still able to use my knowledge set and my passion to help change the school lunch program. So once I decided, okay, yes, I really want to do that, then I asked for money for it, and they gave uh-huh. it to me. So say you're interested in painting. There are plenty of these, um, you know, places where they teach women, you know, they have these night classes where they teach women how to paint step by step and everybody brings snacks and wine, at least, you know, over in the side of the country, that's what they're doing. And so if you like to do that, you can go to your local community center and say, I'd like to have a paint night and I'm going to charge everybody $10 to come in. And at least you know you're able to do something. It's not not that you need to have um, a paycheck in order to feel valued. Right. Being a mother is a very important job that doesn't come with a paycheck. Um, uh-huh. but, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's still okay to have something that's yours knowing full well that you have this passion or skill set that if you needed to use it, you're ready to go. Right, and like you said, it's also not only sharpening your skills and your talents and your abilities, but you're also out there you know, networking and developing relationships. Like it was so easy for you to have a yes, okay, we'll pay Beth because she's already, we know Beth, we know her work, we know the quality of her work. 
you know, you've already developed that rapport and relationship with them. Right. I had put five years in as a as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And then I turned around and said, I, you know, I, they're getting this for free. And I know that other people are paid to do this. And not to say that every volunteer job or opportunity will turn into a money-paying job, but at least I knew that was something I was interested in. So if somebody's interested in something else and they can make a volunteer opportunity, there's a volunteer opportunity for it, you can still develop skills. So if you should need to go back into the job market, you don't have to list, you know, when you make a resume, uh, I did, I was a mom from, you know, 2000 to 2000, whatever, and then they left for college, mm-hmm. and that's why there's this 18-year gap in here yeah, kind of thing. Right, you right. can say, I worked at this job for five years, I worked for this job for six years, I did this, vol- and it doesn't have to be, it's a volunteer opportunity, it's a paid opportunity. When I put my resume right. together, I didn't even put dates on it. I just said, mm-hmm. I ran this program for seven years. I developed this program and ran it for six years. They didn't know that there was 10 years in between that I was sitting at home in my, you know, yoga pants, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. taking care of babies. Yeah. Right. yeah, and it doesn't matter, like you said, if it's paid or volunteer, the point is you obtain those skill sets. You have the experience. Right. I think that's important. So let's, yeah. So let's take our last commercial break, and when we come back, I want to close with a topic on why do women think that it's okay to be the alpha mom of being, doing, and having it all again when it gets to the point of competition and compromising, you know, our health and some of our values. So when we come back, join us with Beth. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges, or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence, Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is apriljford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. 
We are back with Beth Rosen from Goodness Gracious Living and writer for the Huffington Post. Hopefully you guys are taking good notes out there. We're talking about, you know, finding better ways of women of being, doing, and having it all if you suffer from the alpha mom syndrome. So Beth, tell us, you know, why do you think women, you know, feel or accept that as being okay of having, you know, the syndromes of being an alpha mom and trying to be, do, and have it all that's of all these roles and responsibilities, why do you think they think it's okay? Uh, well, I think that, I think it's two prong. I think the first part of it is, I think as women we are innately people pleasers, so we don't want to let people down. We want to we want to nur- uh, nurture people and do the best we can. So if somebody needs help, we lend a hand. Uh, you know, we're big helpers as women. We we have empathy for people, uh, and so we always want to try to do from what I've experienced, do to help others and make a difference. Mm -hmm. So I think that's Mm -hmm. part of it. And I think the other side of it is there is that side that we feel sometimes that maybe we're not good enough. And if we do more, that might make us better. Um, And I think it's looking for acceptance from a group or community. So if you get involved in your local PTO or PTA and you become friends with these women in order to stay connected or make friends with them or have them as part of your community or like I like to call them my village, um, to quote Hillary Clinton, um, (laughs) then, uh, you know, then you're, you have people, you have your, your group, your core group. And if you step back from the, all that work you're doing, you may lose those people. So if you're not busy with them, if you're calm without them, you're not you're alone. And I think that's part of some people don't like to be alone mm-hmm. and get involved. Right. Well, I point. think it's a yeah. All of us want to feel connected, and you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to be loved, accepted, and understood, and having that connection and acceptance. And and but it, it just you know, we need to be able to draw the line of, okay, is this because I'm only doing it because, I, like you said, I want to be accepted or is it questioning my own self-worth and I'm trying to get it validated by being accepted in this group that I'm trying to contribute to, right? It's not, you know, there could be a fine line of acceptance and worth there. Right, and I think that's where the reevaluate comes into play. You really mm-hmm. have to take a step back from what you're doing and decide, does this make me happy? Are these people I want to be friends with? Is this, uh, is this something I'm interested in? Is this the best for whatever my goal is, for, to raise good kids, to have you know, a well-balanced life? Does this meet what I'm looking for in life, in this part of my life? And if it doesn't, then that's the time to step back. Right. Right. And and from what I've learned, you know, from you, Beth, today in our discussion, you know, what really what women can do at the end of the day, again, nobody's saying that you drop all your roles and responsibilities because we know that's not realistic. Um, first, you know, give yourself permission to put yourself on your own to-do list. You know, take care of yourself, nourish yourself, because the reality is, you know, you can't give from an empty well. And it's okay to say no to things, know your parameters, set your boundaries. And also I wanted to add in that it's okay to ask for help. You don't feel like you have to do everything on your alone and feel alone that you're trying to conquer the world um, by yourself. And going back to the four-step process is really to recognize where you're at and reprioritize and create a plan, you know, what's really important and question your motives and intentions on 
okay, why am I doing this and how does it fit into the dynamics of my family, my family's needs, their, you know, the demands of my current obligations um, in your household or your career, your job or whatever um, it may be. So do you have anything else to add to that list that I, that I summarized? I, I think, yes, I, I, I do, of course. I have a lot to talk about all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I, think, I think a good, a good um, step for your listeners to try um, is to start to say no to things that aren't 100% on their priority list or of interest and see what the response is. I know that when I said it, somebody had approached me and said, oh, do you want to run the author program where authors come to the school and you host them for the day and they read part of their book to the kids and then the kids get signed uh, up? And, I, and uh-huh. it's a great program. And I said, no. Yeah. I, I said, no. <laughs> right. and, and that's the reaction I got. The woman there laughed at me. She laughed. And I was like, She's no, like, really? Right. I said, no, really, no. And she said, why? Just not and for said, you. Not for right. you. I said, I'm not really yeah. interested in it. I think it's a great program, but that's not where I want to put my time. And mm-hmm. she was like, okay. And I said to her, don't, feel, don't be afraid to come back to me and ask me to volunteer again. You might have something I'm really interested in. But I also may say no again if it's not something I'm interested in. And I think it's okay. Right. It's not being selfish. It's self-preservation. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that women lack sometimes. Like you said, to take care of yourself, it's self-preservation, but it also is a great way to teach your children not to be run over by others. To empower, when you learn to empower yourself, you're teaching your children who are watching you to become empowered themselves, to become individuals and independent and be able to say, yes, I want to do this, or no, this is not a good idea for me, and I'm going to make another choice. And I think that's an important lesson that's uh, not necessarily vocalized when you're a parent, but when they watch how you deal with your life. If you let people pile stuff on top of you, and you're a wet rag, and you sort of let uh-huh, people uh-huh. take advantage of your kindness, then the children are going to see that, and maybe that's how they become. Right. And you don't really want your children to be taken advantage of, right? We want to teach them to stand up for themselves and be strong people. Right. And and equip them and empower them with the, like you said, being able to make that choice and having the reasoning within themselves to make a decision instead of just saying yes to everything, because there's obviously some logic going on, some questioning of, should I do this or shouldn't I do this or why should I do it and why not? So they're, you're enabling them to make choices for themselves and making the right decision for them. Right. And one thing I like to tell my kids, and I tell my friends too who are alpha moms and looking to sort of step back or overwhelmed, and I'll say to them, what other people think about you is not your business. What they think about you is their business, and you don't need to worry about what someone else thinks about you. So if it works for you, and it's not a selfish thing again, it's a self-preservation thing. Of course, if you're not being nice, that's something else. But if you say no right. to somebody offering you a volunteer position because it's not something you're interested in, you're not being a bad person. And so if they think you're a bad person, why would you want to work with that person that's in them. the first place? Right. right. That's on them. Right. Oh, my gosh, Beth, I wish we had, you know, more time or we could do a part two of this segment. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with and tell our listeners where they can find out more about your work or get to get in contact with you? 
Oh, sure. Uh, well, I have a website. It's uh, www.goodnessgraciousliving.com. Um, that's where I blog a lot on nutrition, but I also blog on parenting uh, and on mindful living, which is uh, what this sort of alpha mom topic falls into. Um, I'm also on Facebook. You can find me at uh, www.facebook.com backslash ggliving. Uh, and that's also my Twitter handle, at ggliving. So you can find me on social media and you can find me on um, Facebook and my website. You can also email me if you'd like to. It's beth at goodnessgraciousliving.com. So there you can find me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Beth. Alrighty, everyone. I'm April J. Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs, and I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. Make sure you go to feeljoyagain.com to receive your free weekly words of joy and info on how you can take part in the four steps to create a roadmap to your success. Know that there's Gold to be discovered in our challenges. You are not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.